0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spirit Crumbs. I am your host, Andrea McCallum, and I am an artist and an intuitive energy curator. So, today's episode is kind of inspired by spirit as usual, but also things that I've been dealing with in the past couple of weeks, mostly in the past week, actually. So, I know a lot of people think about spring cleaning. When it comes to be warm outside, we start opening the windows and wanting to clear the energy out. And I was kind of on a bit of a kick with that. And then my building decided to do full building pest control. So we had to clear out our kitchens and bathrooms. And I don't know about you, but my cupboards had a lot of stuff. I have so many mugs, so many plates, so many things. So I emptied it all out. And the day before that, I had no water in my building. They were doing some water repairs. So I just started thinking a lot as I was emptying it all out and kind of like looking around my space with my things all over the place and places they aren't supposed to be. And realizing how like claustrophobic it sort of felt, not having access to the spaces I usually do. And part of that was because I also had made an agreement with myself that I was going to start making art again this past week. And because this came up, I was like, okay, I'm going to push that a week, but I was really feeling like I wanted to start making a couple of new prints. And the problem with that is that my kitchen slash like dining room table. Is usually where I do that work, but it's covered in my dishes because I didn't want those in boxes on the floor. So they're kind of like sitting up there at the moment. And then it got me really just thinking about like how we get used to using our space and how sometimes we need things to be moved around. And just in general, how our daily daily routines and activities are kind of linked to our environment. And environment has also come up for a couple of clients that I've been doing readings for, and it comes up a lot just in general for me. And in Card Pull Friday, actually, it comes up a lot. There's like domestic harmony and environment come up quite a bit. And I think we don't realize how much our environment does impact the way that we're feeling, the way that we're thinking, and the way that we're able to create. And then after having this happen, and I ended up resting for most of the weekend and just doing small tasks here and there. And I was scrolling on Instagram and Vanessa Henry, if you don't follow her already, I will tag her in the show notes. She is a human design practitioner. She does a lot of work with the environments and Um, determinations of human design, which is an area I've always been fascinated with, but just haven't found really good resources or the time to really look into them. And so I really like her work. She has a blog that she talks about those things as well. And when I really started thinking about it, I was reading about my own environment and it was starting to really click why I do things the way that I do in my apartment And it was kind of validating. I live by myself in a two bedroom apartment and I use the second bedroom, which is in the middle of my apartment as an office. And it kind of sometimes has a bit of a studio feel to it, depending on what I'm doing. But it tends to be like where I go to uh, be on my laptop most of the time or to brainstorm. I have all of my Oracle decks here. It's where I do my spirit work for the most part. And then I have my whole dining room is basically studio stuff and storage. And then I do have one little area where I relax and watch TV, but I also use that as like a secondary office when I want to be just more comfy and continue working because I can watch TV while I work. So I kind of have zones throughout my apartment. And in terms of creative areas, I pretty much 100% of the time, even now with my dishes being there, have my little printing press and my plates and whatever current papers I'm using out on the table. And then I, when I'm in really big, like art mode, I'll also sometimes have my blender and my paper making stuff set up on the other side. But I also always have my print materials in the corner on like a little storage cubby with some totes. And then I usually have my screen printing stuff. So like my little mini table and squeegee and stuff like that on another side of the space. And then I typically have a journal and more like brainstorming stuff and a sketchbook where I watch TV. I kind of have these zones set up. And like I said, I have my spirit stuff here in my office. And then where I sit, I could have my desk facing the wall or facing it in the view. But instead, I have my back to the wall, which has nothing on it. And I face all of my books, my plants, my little collection of weird sidewalk stuff that you'll see me post in my stories, like pieces of bark and leaves and things like that. And then I also have books that are either my journals, my books that go with my oracle decks and just different reference books, like a plant book, a crystal book, things that I like to just grab here and there. Those are all within arm's reach from where I sit. So these are kind of the zones of my apartment. And so if you were to walk in, it barely looks like someone lives here. Like I've lived here for six years and It just looks like a storage space most of the time, but that's what works for me. It's how I use my space. My bedroom just basically has my bed. I don't even have a dresser, my clothes. I have two closets and I actually have a dresser in the middle of my living room that my TV sits on that has all my comfy clothes. So like my sweats, my sweatshirts, my T-shirts, all of that stuff. Because then when I come in the door, I immediately want to change out of my like humaning you know, social clothes and get into comfy clothes. And that works for me too. And so just doing that like mental walkthrough of my space and thinking about this topic, I thought I would just briefly go through something that was interesting to me, which is the environments in human design. And Vanessa Henry did this series on workspaces for each of these different types. And so there's six different environments And where you can find this is on genetic matrix, I think it might be like an extra layer of like a subscription you might have to have, or you might have to look it up. I think maybe through her website, she may have a link to it, but it'll say your environment and it will be one of the following six. It will be shores, valleys, caves, mountains, kitchens, and markets. Those are the six different types. If you really have trouble, send me a message and I can direct you or maybe run your chart for you if you're really having trouble finding somewhere to do it. But the other thing I wanted to talk about in relation to this that sort of came up was a couple of the different houses in astrology, because I know people also have access to that usually more than human design. I know more people that are familiar with at least their astrology or how to get their birth chart. So at least you can kind of follow along in one way or another or focus on one. I'm not really super, super versed in the houses in terms of like this topic, but what was really coming to me, I think almost through spirit, because I was starting to write down my notes for this, was the sixth house, which is of like work and daily routines. And this is because I was thinking in this context of like, you know, on the day-to-day basis where I need things to be and like my apartment's kind of set up based on my routine. I also think that the fourth house of like home and family can also tie into this because it's the sense of like security that you have and, you know, feeling cozy and having that like intimacy of your own space. And then also if you have a family or if you live with other people, it's obviously going to be tied into how you use your space, right? So it might be a reason why you don't currently have your setup the way that you would ideally need to for your work environment. But I think that ties in a lot. And then the other houses that kind of felt like they could tie in a little bit was the second house, which would be like your Taurus house, which is your material thing. So like I have weird collections of things. I like things to look a certain way sometimes. It's a pretty much a disaster most of the time when I'm in work mode. But if you are more in tune with this energy, energy than I am, you may really need your space to look beautiful, which you'll, you'll be able to see that come up more as we go through the different environment types from human design. But that could really tie in a lot if you are someone who really looks for like luxury and beauty and needs to be visually stimulated in order to get work done or to feel good about your environment. And then I also was thinking of the 10th house because that is the Capricorn house. It's the house of like career and public image and sort of like legacy. And the reason I feel like that might tie into it is that depending on what your goals are for your career or how you are seen by people, that may actually dictate maybe how your space is set up. Like you may have more of a corporate setup just because you're used to like Mirroring what you see in success, what other successful people are doing. Or you may just be really focused on like how your Zoom background looks to other people, right? Depending on what sign your 10th house is in, that might also dictate it as well. Like you, if yours is in Libra, for example, it may be very much being focused on relationships and being able to connect with people, but also having a beautiful setup. So Just keeping that in mind as we go through these, but I really just thought this would be a fun episode, but also one that might help you if you're really trying to figure out why you're not able to concentrate or why you're not quite able to feel inspired in your space where you're doing your work or your creative projects or whatever it is you want to focus in on right now. Okay, so where to start? I'm going to start with Shores. So Shores are people who have an environment where they're kind of between worlds. They like crossovers and transitions. They may be more into like multi-purpose spaces. And this is because they're kind of in like the more grounded, but also in like the water energy. So for example, something that would be really important in a workspace for someone with the Shores environment is windows and being able to see outside. So being in one environment and being able to see out into the natural world outside of them or to see what's happening outside. And because of this, the view is going to be really important. So you're going to plan around that. That might, be, that might mean that your desk faces the window so that you're able to see that. It might also mean that there is artwork that really enhances the view especially they mention having some sort of a water feature or an image of water. So that could be part of it if you don't have water around you. If you're not in a space that is a waterfront property or has a pond or something that you can look at, having images, you might find if this is your type that you have a lot of like beach imagery and photos from vacations that you like to have up. So I found that really interesting. And tied to this is also just having access to the outdoors. So this may not be possible if you're in an apartment like me, although I do have a balcony, but it may just mean that you need to be able to have a park that's close by that you can walk to on your lunch break or a trail or at least like a backyard that you can go and spend time in. So That kind of bridges it so that you're inside for part of the time, but then you're able to have this access as well, giving you that like transition between the two spaces. Another thing that is mentioned is perhaps having a two-sided desk so that you're able to sit on either side of it, depending on which view you want, depending on your mood. This also talks about specifically like what's behind you as well as what's in front of you so that if you're on a Zoom call, like I kind of mentioned earlier, you'll be able to be happy with what's behind you and feel like that is a good view as well for yourself or anyone else that might be seeing it. And it allows you to change your view, like I said, very easily if you just go on one side or the other. And I feel like this could even be having a desk that you can move around to. Like I have small mini desks that I kind of put, it's not my environment, but I just like being able to have options for where to sit. So that might even be a thing. It might even be having just a desk that's on wheels so you can move it depending on your mood. But that's the kind of the suggestions that are there for shores. Then valleys is the next one. So people who have an environment that is valleys is wanting to like exchange information and be like plugged into where all the happening things are and where all the information's coming from. And this feels to me like where everything's going to pool, like everything coming down from all around is going to pool in these valleys. And it has a very like mercury energy to me. So it talks about how in your workspace, if you have that environment, you're going to want to prioritize connection. So this might mean if you're in a larger workspace, maybe you work in an open concept area where you're able to connect with more people or you just make sure that you're grouped somewhere where you can talk to someone when you feel like it, if it's not a totally open area. But even just having your phone or whatever things remind you to connect with other people around you as well. It also talks about rituals with this one that keep you plugged into your work and other people. So this can mean having like a daily ritual, like maybe it's like having a specific beverage or a particular thing that you do when you first sit down to help you feel connected. And then you can also have rituals that are like weekly, monthly, seasonal, so that you're keeping things interesting and keeping the flow moving. And then Vanessa Henry in this article also talks about like kind of like energetic volume. So paying attention to the workspace colors and what color the walls are, how much color is around you and making sure there's a good balance where you have enough that keeps you maybe motivated maybe in one view like in one space you have a lot of colorful accessories but then she also mentions having a quiet zone where maybe it is literally having a little nest area where you can have your headphones on and noise canceling headphones and maybe there's less color maybe it's more of a neutral palette and this can allow you to really plug into that information and do the deep dive on your own in between your times of connection And then also really making time for the people who you have a good vibe with when you connect because that helps you have the energy to keep doing what you're doing. So if there's a particular coworker that you really vibe with, try to make it maybe one of your rituals ties into that and you have a weekly coffee date or you have a weekly lunch date and that keeps the energy flowing and keeps you filled up as well. And then because it's a valley, meaning it's like the lowest part below a mountain, another thing to keep in mind is that you might be someone who just likes working on the floor. So you might wanna keep that in mind. Maybe it's easier in your home spaces, but even if it just means having like a really plush carpet on the floor or having a cushion that you can sit on or even just lower seating in general, a lower couch or something, this can also help you just feel grounded in your space. And then it also talks about how, like this can also be that like hallways and like corridors like that might also just feel engaging as well. So keeping visuals and things that would stimulate you there as well. And then caves, this one to me was the most self-explanatory. It it's kind of talking about how people with a caves environment, what they are connected to is a sense of safety security, little niches to sit in. And this is why when I read the description for caves, this is what made me think of cancer energy in astrology and the fourth house being so connected to safety, security, you know, like the shell of the crab. And with this, one of the main things they talk about, which makes sense, is making sure your back is protected. So you might be like me then, and even though this isn't my type either, I'll tell you when we get to mine, but behind me, I just have a blank wall, but I sit in at my desk with my back to the wall. I don't sit facing the window. I don't sit, you know, facing the door. I I literally have my back against a wall and I can see the the window and I can see the door from where I sit. So if I were a caves person, this would probably be ideal because there's nothing that can come from behind me. There's no entry or exit points behind me. So that feels pretty secure to me. I also, like a weirdo, have a handsaw beside me, which is not related to this at all. But it is, I think, because of maybe the cancer moon that I have and that energy just sort of feels connected to that. But, you know, in general, they also do talk about workplace safety being really important to people with caves environments. So you may be the person who is having a lot of input. When it comes to a fire safety plan or emergency drills, it may just be that you want to know what all of those things are. You may have a copy of the escape plan and all those things at your desk, just in case. And there's nothing wrong with that. That just means that you're going to feel really secure in your environment. Environment, You know your exits, you know the plan, you know where the nearest person is if you need help. That might just be something that comes naturally to you if caves is your environment. It also relates into like job security as well, where having benefits and knowing that you're supported in your job is also really important to you. So even from like a not physical environment, just from like the general environment that you're in, it's just feeling that support and security all the time. And then. Related to kind of both of those things, but also especially like the back to the wall and that sort of thing is knowing who has access to you. So you may be someone who doesn't want like an open concept, just sitting out in the open sort of environment. And you may want to have a private office where you may even need to have like blinds to be able to close the, the windows so people can't always see in. And so that you get that idea of a cave, right? Your own private space that's closed off, that's private, that you're able to kind of tune out what's happening in the outer world and feel that sense of like security and safety while you're doing your work and while you're really concentrating. You may be someone who, if you have your noise canceling headphones on, would be super startled if someone just opened the door and came in. So this also relates to talking about like Caves makes you think of a dark cave, right? So lighting might be really important to you. It may be that you prefer more like task lighting instead of overhead lighting. Or you may want different types of lighting depending on the mood and how deep into the cave you really need to be for particular activities. So if if you think of like niches and like little areas to curl up in, anything that you would relate to, being in a cave, you know, you may have also a quiet corner similar to a valley's person as well. But that's pretty much what I would expect before I even read it for what a type of environment would look like for a workspace for someone with a cave's environment. The next one is mountains. And as you might expect, this has more of a higher perspective, wanting to see all the things. And it also has a connection to, in addition to being elevated, maybe literally, it's also elevated in the sense that luxury and more high value things are really connected to this. And that's where I was tying it into Taurus energy, you know, and that Venus energy of wanting things to be really beautiful and have great texture and have more of that sense of being in an elevated space in all senses. And so this talks a lot about choosing the right angle for where your desk or your seating place would be. So having the widest view of the entire space. So again, this may be a case where you're facing the window whenever possible to have that view in addition to your view of your actual Office or room that you're in. I feel like also this is similar to the shores environment because they talk about having like visuals of mountains. If you don't live in the mountains, having that visual to keep you in the perspective of like the higher perspective and looking at things from a big picture perspective when you're doing your work or when you maybe get too caught up in the details, having that reminder can be helpful. And then because it's a higher perspective and you're more elevated, looking at the space from the idea of just looking up. So what do your light fixtures look like? Do you have a ceiling fan? Do you choose somewhere if you have the option that has higher ceilings in general to give you that feeling? And then do you pay attention to the details? Like, is there crown molding? Do you have upper cabinets so that there's something of visual interest up there? Is there artwork that's going to the ceiling? Anything that can really like just continue to bring the interest up so that you're having visuals for the entire space from wherever you're sitting. And that, again, that reminder of remembering to look up and remembering the higher perspective. This also ties into tourists in the sense where I feel like this is more of like a minimalist, but like really high, like maybe less things, but like high quality things. And so they talk about having a layout that's really spacious where there's breathing room. So you'll be able to move through the space really easily. There's not a lot blocking your view. There's not a lot distracting you from the higher perspective. And it gives you the feeling that you're on a getaway. It has like a luxury vacation feel to it when you choose textures and materials that have that elevated feeling to them. So that's mountains. The next one is markets. So people who have markets environments are, it's all about exchanges and selections and options and collections. And it's a very like vibey, like fast moving sort of feeling. And although this may not be completely a person who's always connecting with people, it just has a feeling of like movement to it. So if you think of a busy market, you know, there's visual interest everywhere. If you have an obsession with a certain place, you might start to collect things from there. And there's lots of options. If you go to like an art market, you'll find A whole bunch of different people who do paintings but different kinds of paintings and there might be people who make all kinds of different clothing and you'll be able to look between all of them and then the next time you go you can switch it up so for someone with this environment you also can look at your home like let's say you're working from home and you're looking at the whole house and you may end up using the space in an unconventional way where maybe you're not using the bedroom as the bedroom. Maybe that's your office because that just feels right to you. So it's more about going by what your needs are and working around that instead of like what the original purpose for the space would be and trying to make it fit. It's more about like, how am I going to want to use this space? And like, how do I want to move through this space? And like, What do I want to have in the room with me? If you want your whole book collection, you're going to need a room big enough to hold that, right? So it's more about looking at how you're going to use it as opposed to what the intention was originally. And then it also talks about being able to, one of the phrases she uses is regular refreshments. And so this is like being able to change things out. So there might be a collection that you're just, you know, getting more of and maybe you're displaying the newest one of something all the time, whether this is like magazines or books. But then it might also be changing out a seasonal bouquet every week for yourself to change it up and doing seasonal styling, like bringing in holiday decor to show that it's a different season or having winter versus spring colors in your cushions and the things around you. You may even switch out your art based on what you're seeing you know, out there in the world. And market could be online, right? Like what you're seeing in Instagram and really reflecting whatever is catching your attention at that time. And this movement of things helps keep your creativity going and it keeps you moving forward so that you don't feel stagnant. This can also mean like literally just moving things around. Like maybe you're someone who then moves your furniture around every season just to see if that helps move the energy. But either way, you can allow your space to really reflect your style. And this may be something that also changes over time, but letting yourself explore that as you're moving things into your space and out of your space and allowing that to be part of the process of maybe even finding your style. It can be living with the things and seeing how they feel. So I feel like that's a really interesting one. There are for each of these two types, by the way, like, for example, for markets, there's like internal and external. And I'm not going to get into all of that detail because this is more about just thinking about your space a little bit more, especially because, like I said, so many people are doing spring cleaning and some people are going to have their kids home for the summer. So it's an idea of like learning how to use your space based on like what is going on in your life, but also your environment type. And then this can also help because I feel like a lot of people have been feeling a little stagnant. And now with Gemini energy, I feel like we're like the wheels are turning in our heads and we're getting inspiration, but it can be hard to move it through into action when we're not really sure where to even start. And that can mean physically, like where can I sit in my house to get things done? And the last type, which I saved for last because it's the type that I have, is kitchens. And Kitchens, when you hear me talking about this, you'll see why this makes a lot of sense for me, but it's being in like a creative hub. It's being in a zone where alchemy is happening. Things are being made. And it's about like also being really excited about like new spots in town, for example, like a new restaurant opening or a new art gallery opening. And the idea that it's something new where things are being created or coming together. So for this one, one of the main things that she starts with is talking about having like a central workstation. So like in the kitchen, it might be the kitchen island where like, you know, all the actions happening for me. I how I described it's usually my desk in my office, which is the middle room in my apartment. It has most of my reference materials. It has usually my laptop plugged in and it's where I do all of my spirit work. So it really is like the hub of my apartment. Then she talks about how you can build in your decor zones around your activities. So I like I described, I have cubbies that have my art supplies. I have my bookshelves in here that have all of my reference materials and my books, obviously, that inspire me. And I'm sure you've heard if you've listened to my podcast for a while, sometimes I'll just be staring there for inspiration and pull a book out. And that's what I'll start talking about. But she specifically talks about, like, for example, if you end up, for me, it would be for my prints. But if you're someone who has physical products and you know that you're going to have to access your packaging all the time, you're not going to go hide that away somewhere. You're going to build that into the design. So it's maybe like a cute little cubby where you can access it really quickly. But she specifically talks about if you have creative tools. You have to have those available to you in order to do the creative things, because the whole point of your space, of your environment, is to be conducive to creation and alchemy and creating these things. And so how I described being able to see all of my weird little things that I use to make my prints, like all of my little leaves and pieces of bark, my books, I can reach my books from here. If I start thinking of a plant or if I'm doing a session and a plant comes to mind, my reference book is right here and my, even my little planners that I write down my cards, my journals, it's all here in this space. And then when I'm in my living room, like I said, all of my print supplies are there. If I decide I want to make a print, I can just go to, I know which cubby it's in, pull the stuff out. My printing press is always sitting out. My paper is accessible. There's no barriers to me creating. And so that's also really important. It also talks about how you can experiment with trends, which I don't do too much, but I think if I had a studio where like people were coming in to work in, I probably would do that more often. And then it also talks about how having a playful and collaborative space is important. Now, this isn't necessarily in my apartment. Obviously, I live by myself, but this makes a lot of sense because It also talks about gathering spaces being important. And when I worked at the school, when I was in printmaking, I worked as a print monitor who oversaw the space and the materials and helped people work. And I loved just being there. And the print studio was kind of a hub for the whole building because it was on the same floor as the gallery, the same floor as like the admin office. And there were always monitors there and there were always people printing. So even people on other floors who are working in other departments would often end up in the print space, and they would come and ask me, like, oh, have you seen so-and-so? And I would know who was in the building most of the time. And I liked that environment. I liked being able to see people work. I liked being around the materials all the time. Even if I wasn't physically doing the work, which was the case most of the time, I did a lot of my work on my own time. But I just liked being around, being able to give ideas and get ideas from people and just soak up that energy and i've talked about this before how i was like that in high school i rarely did my work in class but i loved being in the energy i liked walking around and seeing what people are doing i loved being in the dark room so that just makes a lot of sense and one of my dreams is to have a studio space where people can come in and work and do little mini retreats and do energy sessions and then take that energy and turn it into prints or turn it into artwork And that, again, ties into that theme of like alchemy. And then one of the things she talks about is having an immersive area for rearranging and organizing things. And so this is like she said, for example, you may reorganize your books by color and then by alphabet. Or she said even some places, that's why they'll have even in like adult workspaces, they'll have like a set of blocks or Lego or something for people to just like do something while they're thinking. And I do find myself doing things like that, like reorganizing, like I actually reorganized which books were on my desk the other day because it was bothering me and I needed to physically do something to move energy. And I sorted through all of my art materials again. I took them all out of their boxes and resorted them into new bins. So this is something that I do regularly and it does help get things going because now I just started another print. I started looking at my materials that were in my, my little container, my little leaves. I found a set of leaves on my walk and I knew where all my materials were. So even though I have the chaos that I described before of having my entire kitchen emptied into my living room, I had just recently reorganized all of my art stuff and I pulled it out, made a little space on, again, my little floating wheelie desk and just decided to do it there. So, this really, res- this whole concept really resonates with me a lot. And then, when we're looking at the houses, I'm not going to go into as much detail because it will depend on, you know, what planets you have in your houses or what sign they're in. But looking at the fourth house as, you know, the space that you're in with your family and security and all of that. That can be really helpful. So mine is in, uh, I believe, Gemini. But the sixth house, I think, is the one that ties into this the most because it's the one that's your day-to-day routines and your work and job, more so than the overarching career. It's more about like the day-to-day. It's very Mercury-based, like how you think, right? And so for me, that's like how you get inspiration, how you process things, how you go from like the idea to like communicating that. And mine is in Gemini. (laughs) so on top of it already being a mercury ruled house being the house of virgo which is you know very orderly coming up with a plan very grounded this also has the energy of mercury which is gemini as well and so for me thinking about it being in a space where other people are coming up with ideas and are sharing ideas and gathering and coming in and out that's very generative for me and one of the other things i've been doing for the last 6 months is going to the co-working space downtown, even though I haven't actually been fully working. I work while I'm at the desk there, but I just like being in an environment where people are coming and going and sharing what they're doing and what they're meeting about and what their organization does and seeing people work. And that really helps me a lot and fills me up. So then I go home and I end up getting a lot of work done when I get home. And I actually have spent a few times now in the last few weeks physically there doing my work and I've gotten so much done. On Thursday, in fact, the day that I had to leave my apartment so they could do all this pest control stuff throughout the building, I spent the first couple hours in the morning at Starbucks. Again, it's, an, it's a, very much a kitchen. It's a space where things are being created and people are gathering. And I just sat at one of the bench stools and got a bunch of work done. And then I walked over to Tennessee, spent a couple hours on the main floor there, which is also the gallery. And they were in the middle of putting in a new exhibition. And I ended up helping them place things and helping like bounce ideas off each other of how to best coordinate all the pieces that were there. And then I was behind the desk and then I was greeting people as they came in. And helping them again, like get things prepared for they were doing an open house later that day. So it just is so fun in hindsight now looking at this again. I've looked at this before, but seeing that it ties into the sixth house as well, because it's a routine now where like every week I go there at least one day and spend the time and get to connect with people. And when I'm at home, I have zones and a routine that help me kind of flowing through my space. And if I don't have the space set up in a way that supports me, that's when I start to get a little bit stuck or a little bit jumbled. And that's what's happening this week is that my stuff is all over the place and I can't move through my space the way I normally would. Like I want to do laundry, but where I hang all my clothes and put it in my drying racks is where all of my kitchen contents are at the moment until I put them away. And they asked us to leave them like leave the kitchens kind of like empty for as long as possible so that, you know, the stuff works. But yeah, so that's just sort of really an interesting thing. So looking at your sixth house and what sign it's in could really help you zero in on where there might be overlap. Like I was saying, my sixth house being a Gemini has a lot of crossover with my environment and human design being kitchens. And I think that... There probably is a lot of crossover depending on what your workspace or well, sorry, what your environment type is and what your sixth house has to say. So I hope you found this really interesting. As I learn more, or if you want to let me know, there is a feature on Spotify now where you can ask a question. So, or let me know how you enjoyed the episode. So you can always let me know if there's something else you want to learn about. Also give me a five-star rating while you're there. <laughs> but I just feel like this is such a fun topic and being very timely for me. I thought it would be timely for you as well. Today is Tuesday. So tomorrow on the 14th at 7 p.m., there's another group energy recharge and development circle where we're going to be doing half an hour of energy and then sharing and kind of seeing where the crossover is and what Each person picks up intuitively from the energy and sharing the wisdom that all of us receive, because as I keep saying, each of us has access to these energies. And when you're receiving an energy session, yes, the practitioner is the person who is guiding the energy, but you also are the one intentionally calling that energy in. So you're able to receive things as well. And this process, the way I've always done my sessions by making people Really document their own experience before reading mine helps them to validate that they, in fact, do have their own connection. And that, yes, I may add some insight as a third party who isn't in their energy all the time. It also can really help you. The same way I do my readings, where the intention is very much that you already do have a sense of what you know you want to do moving forward or what's happening. But it's a way of just offering extra wisdom and insight. So yeah, I just wanted to, to kind of like add that little note in as well. But I'm looking forward to connecting with more of you. And again, reach out if you have any questions and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Spirit Crumbs. You can find me on Instagram for this podcast at Spirit Crumbs. Or you can also find me at Concrete and Crystals for my own spiritual offerings and more tidbits about my own journey. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.